morning. I don't know what you guys did over the holidays, but one of the things we did is we visited the Nahoon Dam. I've never been there in eight years. How many of you have been to the Nahoon Dam? Okay, a couple. Okay, did you ski? Do you have boats? Do you go with a friend? I don't know. But we went with friends. We had a boat. We went skiing. Well, not we. Andre skied. He hasn't skied in, what, more than 15, 16 years. But you must see him ski. I was quite impressed. <laughs> He's a man of many talents, I tell you. I didn't ski. I, I, the wildest, most adventurous thing I did is I, is I went on the tube, okay? It's like a boat, and then there's like a, a rope, and then they pull you. It was wild. My son, my son wanted to do it like he couldn't wait for his next turn. I did it once, and then I said, thank you very much. I'm done. <laughs> to hold on for dear life. It looks, it looks a lot of fun when you do it. It's wild. For me, it was wild, okay? But, but the Nahoon Dam was quite a sight. Yo, I, was, I was impressed by just the whole structure, and it's beautiful. You must do yourself a favor for those of you who haven't been there. Go and, and, and have a look. Find a friend with a boat. Okay? <laughs> go ski. <laughs> but maybe you think, hmm, interesting, Sonica, to hear about your holiday. I mean, it's like quarter past 10 already. Um, um, what has this got to do with church and, and your sermon? I'm so glad you, you, you're thinking about that. I need a volunteer, then I'm going to explain to you. Anybody, just don't all at once, please. <laughs> I need a volunteer. I'm not going to make you look... Thanks, Krista. Come. Okay. So my question, you can position yourself here. Have you seen my fish tank? Okay. There's no fish in here, but it's a fish tank. Okay. Krista is going to position himself here. My question to you this morning is... Have you ever built a dam for God in your heart? Okay, some clever engineer must have built the Nahoon Dam, that whole structure. It's quite impressive. But have you ever built a spiritual container or something for God to come and pour out, pour his rain, for the river to come and flow into your heart? Have you ever built a dam? And if you did, how big is your dam? Okay. Is it perhaps as big as this? Just a little tot glass. You can hold it here for me, Krista, like that. Okay, if, if your capacity or your struct, spiritual tr- structure is only as big as this, God's going to come like a flood and he's going to, oh, it's going to feel like, it's going to feel like a tsunami. And even if you overflow, your impact will be fairly limited. Okay? You all agree? So I I believe all of you have some kind of spiritual container for God. Otherwise, you won't be here this morning. But if it's only as big as this, you know, God wants to rain. He wants to rain. He wants to come. But he needs a bigger container. He needs a bigger vessel. This is why we're fasting. This is why we're stretching you a little bit. Maybe most of you are used to 10 minutes of praying or half an hour of praying. Then you either get bored or... You get distracted or you get tired, okay? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe some of your capacity is, is greater, but this is why we're fasting. So maybe some of you have a little bit of a bigger container. Okay, thank you. He's doing great. Give him a hand. Thanks, Krista, for volunteering. Okay, maybe some of you have got a slightly bigger container, all right? There the rain of God comes. But still, if you overflow... It's still fairly limited, 
Alright, I want you to visualize something bigger. You can just put it in there for me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Give him a hand. You can, you can sit down. I want you to visualize a bigger spiritual container in your own life. Even bigger than this. This is still very small. I just couldn't build a dam for the morning. <laughs> I couldn't transport the noon dam. But it's a good start. It's a good start to move from a tot glass to, a, to a, a salad bowl to a fish tank. It's a very good start. And this is what I want to talk about this morning. Because we need to, we need to enlarge our spiritual capacity. Maybe God wants to do something in you this year that needs a bigger container, a bigger spiritual capacity. So I believe, and we, we shared about it on Wednesday evening when we, we had our worship evening, I really believe that the heavy rains are coming. My question to you is, how big is your dam? Can you handle God's rain? Are you ready? Are you ready? Because if, if you only have a tot glass of capacity, God's heavy rains won't even affect you because you can't contain what God wants for you. So I want to take you to a scripture in Hosea 10 verse 12 that says, Break up your fallow ground. Fallow ground is ground that is left uncultivated. So it's just lying there. There's no... There's no uh, seed being planted, there's no harvest, there's nothing happening, but the, the, the ground is there. Break up your fellow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and he rains righteousness on you. So I want to I speak this morning about how do we stretch ourselves? How do we move from a tot loss to a glass bowl, to a fish tank, to a dam, to a river, in terms of our spiritual capacity? How do we do that? And it's simple. It's maybe things all of you know. The question is, are we actually doing it? It's not about knowing what we need to do. It's about doing it. Amen? So let's talk about breaking up our fellow ground. We do that by making our time with God priority. Okay? It's, it's bigger than that. It's also cutting out things that are distracting us. Exactly what we're doing in these three weeks. We're breaking up. If you're partaking, if you, t- if you are joining us in our 21 days, you are breaking up your fallow ground. You're actually preparing the soil of your heart. You're cultivating your land. So well done. And even if you haven't started or haven't been a part, you can start today. You can start today by breaking up your fallow ground. You know, um, I asked Vian, my son is eight years old, he's in grade three. I asked him, so Vian, are you fasting with us? So he's like, yes, you'll fast. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> I said to him, okay, what are you cutting out? He's like very confident. Yes, he's fasting. Uh, I will cut out sweets. He's going to cut out juice. And he's going to cut out white bread. Not as if I ever buy white bread in any case. He's picking all the things he's not having in any case. But now he can't have burgers, so, which he can't have buns. So now um, I was thinking, okay, let's see how this is going to develop, you know, during the week. And there was quite a few situations where he had to realize, I can't have that, I can't have that, I can't have that, because I'm fasting, even at the athletics on, on, on Friday, there was a friend, she offered him like half a lunch bar. She was sitting next to him, giving him half lunch bar, and I'm like, what is he going to say? Should I now, you know, <laughs> rescue him and tell her, don't do it? And Vian was like, no, thank you. I don't eat sweets. I'm fasting. <laughs> it was 
it was so funny. But, you know, in his own way, he's cultivating his ground for Jesus. It's, it's small for me, but it's big for him. He said no to a lunch bar. I mean, and he did it all by himself. And I just realized it's never too late or never too soon even to start cultivating our lands. Don't underestimate your children. Don't underestimate somebody who's never fasted. We can all do it. We can all cultivate our lands. But the beautiful thing is the more time we spend with God, the more time we want to spend with God. Amen? You have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. Andrew and I work together, so we see each other all the time. <laughs> but it doesn't count as FaceTime. Husbands, if you work with your wife, it doesn't count as FaceTime. It doesn't count as undivided attention time, as I would call it. So I need time with my husband when none of you are present. Okay, we love you. I love you. You are awesome. <laughs> but I need time with him alone. And even alone time with my husband doesn't necessarily mean I have his undivided attention. Okay, so the battle to spend face time with a person is first of all to get an appointment alone. But that doesn't guarantee face time. Then you need to work through obstacles like cell phones and WhatsApp and television. When, when Andrew and I go to a restaurant, we normally sit down, and when there's any kind of television closely, you know, in his vision, then he gets up, we reshuffle, and he sits with his back to the television. <laughs> Husbands, that's a tip for you guys if you get distracted. <laughs> because for him... Our time, is, our time is priority, and he realizes we can actually have an hour or two hours together, but it, it could mean nothing in a sense. So back to your time with God. We do so many, ta- so many things with God. We work for him. We work with him. We come to church. We go to small group. How many times do you have alone with God? And how much of those alone times... Does he have your undivided attention? We have to fight for that. We have to reshuffle. We have to switch off our cell phone. We have to close our door. We have to teach our children. Mommy needs alone time with Jesus now. I need alone time. Then Vian tells me, no, mommy, I just want to sit with you. I'll just sit here. I'll sit quietly. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You need to close your door. If, if you have a small child... Dads, please take the baby and allow your wife to have alone time with God. Where she can have undivided, she can give him undivided attention. There's such a beautiful scripture, Psalm 68 verse 11. It says, teach me your way, O God, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart. An undivided heart. When we break up our fellow ground, we give God our undivided attention. So that he can come and break up the soil of our hearts. Amen. We have to seek the Lord. So back to that scripture. It says, break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord. How do we seek the Lord? Zechariah 10 verse 1. It says, ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. What is the latter rain? It is the spring rain. If you go, go and read up, it's spring rain that occurred just before the harvest. So there was autumn rain that came in planting time, and then there's spring rain. 
that came just before the harvest. And even though it's, it is time for latter rain to, to, to come, it is the season. It's like East London. You know, we're expecting rain now from time to time. But the Bible says we actually need to ask for rain in the time of the latter rain. Even when you're expecting it, even when it's supposed to happen, we should still ask for it. Which means we should spend time in prayer. So for those of you who have taken up a slot, you're praying your hour, well done. You know, even if, even if it's an interrupted hour, even if it's not perfect, You've signed up and you're going for it. We have to see God. We have to ask for rain. We have to go to rainy places. We have to go to rainy places. I want to encourage you not to stay in a desert. God is raining all the time. We just need to position ourselves to go to that rainy places. Which means on a Sunday morning when you don't feel well, when you feel depressed, please come to church because it is going to rain. It is going to rain here. On a, on a Wednesday or a Tuesday when you, don't, when you had a bad day or you feel sick or frustrated, force yourself to go to your small group because God's rain will be there. You just need to position yourself rightly. We had a, Andre mentioned about our worship evening on, on Wednesday. I was supposed to lead worship the, the evening and I woke up the Wednesday morning with a sore throat, blocked nose, my ears were sore. I had a headache. I had terrible nightmares the Tuesday night. I felt horrible. <laughs> and I could seriously feel the resistance. That the devil doesn't want me to go and stand in the rain tonight. I could feel it. Okay? So it's not you only wake up with a sore throat and a blocked nose and terrible nightmares. It also happens to me. Okay? It will make you feel better. Okay? <laughs> It happens, and then we need to decide whether we're going to allow the enemy to keep us from standing in God's reign, or whether we're going to actively resist the devil. Andre prayed for me. I went to him. I said, I feel terrible. I don't know how I'm going to lead worship tonight. He prayed for me, and it made a massive difference. I actually felt instantly better after that. So I know it was a spiritual thing. The devil wants to keep you from rainy places. You have to realize that even, even symptoms, symptoms of sickness, it's not always natural. Or maybe it is natural, but it shouldn't keep you. It shouldn't keep you from going where you need to go. There's so many testimonies of people there. The, the craziest morning ever with kids and things on a Sunday morning. And then on that specific day, God did something really powerful. They should not have missed that meeting. And praise God, they were there. But what about all the meetings you have missed? The devil wants to keep you away from rainy places. So don't miss out on Friday evening. I know it's, I know it's scary. 7 o'clock until 12 o'clock. You can do it. Okay, it's going to rain. It's probably going to rain that last half an hour the most. So stay. <laughs> stay. We have to persevere. Again, let's go back to that scripture. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and he rains righteousness on you. Do we give up after a week? Do we give up after a month? When do we give up? When do you stop asking? When do you stop praying? When do you stop seeking God? I want to propose that we never stop. We do it until he rains on us. 
and then we need more, you know. It's going to rain on you, and then you're going to fill up maybe, maybe to your salad bowl. But that's not enough. Then we need to ask for more. We need to fill up. We need to overflow. <clears throat> we need to impact. You know, I, I battled with insomnia for about three years after my son was born, before I had a breakthrough. Three years. What if I'd given up before that? I had a skin disease for 26 years, the age of 10. I, I was diagnosed with psoriasis. It's a skin condition where your cells multiply too fast. It is a horrible skin, skin condition. It was um, affecting a, uh, a big part of my life. 26 years. But after 26 years, God said, Sonica, it's your time. I'm going to touch you. And it did. Fifteen girls prayed for me one, one evening here in church. Again, it was just a normal Wednesday evening. But God's rain was falling, and I'm so thankful that I was here. It was my opportune time, 26 years. You know, we, we rented a house for eight years in East London before we bought a place. We, I worked as an auditor for 11 years before I had an opportunity to join Andre in full-time ministry. Three years of insomnia, 26 years of a skin problem, eight years of renting before we bought a place, 11 years of working as an auditor before I had an opportunity to do what I really wanted to do. I had to wait 22 years for my first boyfriend, my first boyfriend, okay, which happened to be my husband's. That was worth the wait, absolutely. Maybe you're still waiting. Maybe you desperately want to buy a house. Maybe you're desperately waiting for your future spouse. Maybe you have a, a, a physical condition and, man, it's been three years and it's hard. I've been, I've, I've had so many things in my life where I had to ask and seek until the rain comes. There's an opportune time where God's rain's going to fall. We need to be in that place. You know, in the same way, I mean, I... Uh, I battle with back pain and for the last eight years, also from the birth of my son. And many people have prayed for me, but I'm still battling. But I'm not giving up. You know, this stubborn back must submit. <laughs> you must submit to God's words. I can't give up. So it's not as if everything in my life has just been sorting out. I've been wrestling through many things. We're still trusting God for a baby. I'm 40. You must pray harder. My time is running out. Who of you is not praying? <laughs> I'm just joking. Eh? But the length, I want you to listen closely to this now. The length of time that the problem has existed does not determine the likelihood of breakthrough. Did you hear that? I'm going to repeat it. The length of time that a problem has existed, it does not determine the likelihood of breakthrough. In our, in our natural minds, we think 26 years of a skin problem. This is never going to change. I'm sitting with this for the rest of my life. Who said that? Who said that? I want to read you quickly three scriptures. John 5. It was the, the man who was the lame man at the pool of Bethesda. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. It's a long time, people. 38 years. But instantly the man was healed. It was his opportune time. The length of a time that a problem has existed does not determine the likelihood of breakthrough. It's, it's not the longer you battle, the less your chance. 
for breakthrough. It doesn't work like that when it comes to Jesus. Luke 13, it's a story of a woman. She had been bent double for 18 years. 18. She was unable to stand up straight. Imagine that. 18 years and you can't, can't stand up straight. Okay, so you're walking like this. 18 years. 18 times 12 times 365 days. It's a lot of days. It's a lot of nights. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. He touched her and instantly she could stand straight. 18 years. Mark 5. Now a certain woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years. 12 years. Had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all she had. And was not better, but rather grew worse. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Isn't this beautiful? Isn't this beautiful? We can't lose hope. We can't lose faith. But the, what, what these scriptures tell me is that there's real problems or real issues out there. Amen? Even in your own life, there might be things your doctor does not have an answer. Doctors are amazing. We have a lot of doctors in our, in our church. I have the highest respect for them. But they can only help you up to a point. And there's many of you who had, were, have been in a situation where there's no medical solution. But then Jesus comes and he says, I've got the answer. And this is, this is why we need to increase our capacity, people. We need to grow from a tot glass to a fish tank to a dam. For the sake of others who don't have answers. For the sake of others who are desperate for, for a breakthrough. Because Jesus has the answer. Jesus is our answer. We have to come and say, God, I'm increasing my spiritual capacity. Like most of you doing at the moment as you're fasting. So what is the result? Just quickly, what is the result of God's reign? When, when God reigns on us and we increase our capacity, what is the result. And I want, I want to show you a diagram that Andre, God really gave Andre a beautiful vision and revelation of what church is supposed to be like. I think you can just put that up. Um, there, there's many churches who embrace the Word. They're solid in the Word of God. There's solid teaching, and people really live by the Word of God. There's, there's churches who embrace worship with all of their hearts. They, they're a worshiping church. They're a praying church. These churches, they embrace seeking and finding those who do not know Jesus. They're very strong on, on evangelism and, and missions and going out. These, these churches who are very relational, they, the people just flourish because they're relational. These, these churches who really flow in the supernatural and people get healed and they get delivered. But are we not supposed to pursue all of those things? Amen? And this is what the, the vision that God has given Andre, that if we stand in God's reign, if we increase our capacity, this is our destiny as a church. We do not only embrace worship. We do not only embrace the word. We do not only embrace healing. We do not only embrace flourishing relationships. We embrace all of them. Amen? And this is the result. Apostolic means that Jesus will come and he, heal, he will heal sickness in your body for, where there's no medical solution. He will come and deliver you from, from things that, like addictions, like demonic torment, 
things like depression, things like panic attacks, things like, like anxiety, fear. This is the apostolic. God, God comes in his supernatural power and he sets us free. You know, where there's no answer, God comes and he comes with his power. He sets us free. The prophetic means you're going to start hearing God's voice. For those of you who maybe never heard God's voice or maybe a limited capacity for God's voice, the prophetic means you're going to hear God's voice. You're going to connect with him on a whole new level in worship. Where worship in the past may, might have been long. You're going to connect with him in a whole new level in worship. You'll feel like a holiday. Okay? Have you ever experienced 30 minutes of worship and you walk out there and you feel as if you've been on holiday? This is when you stand in the prophetic reign. This is what God wants to do. You'll understand why you exist, what you're called to do in life. That's the prophetic reign that'll come. The pastoral reign, your marriage will start to flourish. You will have a, an amazing marriage that's not only self-focused, but also being able to, to give to others. Your strained relationships with your parents or your children will be restored. You will find grace to forgive those who have offended you. Your church family will become your home. They will become your friends, your support. You will feel loved. You'll feel at home. It will feel as if you've come home. If there's pastoral reign present, you'll feel valued. You'll feel significant. You'll feel safe. That's the pastoral reign, the teaching, the teaching flow. The Bible will start making sense to you. Okay, it's not just going to be a cold clinical scriptures and thick book like this. It will make sense. It will be exciting. And you will see, receive a supernatural grace to be, be a doer of the word. Not a year only, but to actually do what the Bible says. Supernatural grace. The scriptures will cut through arguments and preconceived ideas and things that, that questions you have. Questions. The scriptures will just come and it will cut through those things. And it will enlighten the eyes of your heart. It will change us here from the inside out. This is the teaching reign. Evangelistic. We become less self-focused. We start focusing on people like we do now with the ladies' breakfast, even the men's camp. We don't, even, we don't only focus on ourselves. We also focus on those who do not know Jesus. It will just be a spontaneous flow. People who were not interested in Jesus previously will start asking questions. They will turn to him. People will move from darkness to light. We will turn East London upside down for Jesus. Amen? We're going to do it. This is the evangelistic reign. You know, five years ago, um, Andre decided he's going to increase his spiritual capacity. This is when God started talking to us about the fivefold ministry in church. Because I battled with insomnia so bad that I had suicidal thoughts from time to time. I mean, it was scary for me. I was in a scary place. I just had to go on, obviously, with life and do things that I needed to do. But I had many, many dark moments at night where I couldn't fall asleep, and it affected every part of my being. And no matter what we did, it didn't work. You see, our previous little tot glass or glass, even the fish tank we had for Jesus, it wasn't big enough for that battle. It wasn't big enough. And I'm so thankful for my husband who said, this is, the problem is not with Jesus. It's not even that he doesn't hear us. We just need to increase our capacity for God. We need more of him in us. We need more faith. We, 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 need, more, we need more of God. 
I'm so thankful that my husband said we're increasing our capacity as a church. We're pursuing more of God. And otherwise, I don't know where I would have been. Because our previous water and our previous uh, spiritual capacity did not get me out of that horrible pattern. I couldn't snap out of it. Okay, No matter how many times I worshipped and anointed the house and had communion and all of those things that previously made sense, I needed more of God. And so do you. So do you. We need more of Jesus. One last scripture, then I'm going to finish. Matthew 9, verse 36 to 38. It's Jesus. It says, when he saw the multitude, says Jesus, he was moved with compassion for them. Because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest really is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. I see this all the time. And I know people wear masks and they pretend everything's okay. And they look happy. They look content. You get these families, eh? these photos of families that look as if they're the happiest family on this planet. And when you get to know them, you realize they need Jesus. They're desperate for truth and they don't even know where to find it. They don't even know where to look for it. You and I are called to be the light in East London. We are called to take the church to the marketplace. We are called to, to be Jesus out there. People need Jesus. But if our spiritual capacity is so small, we can't even cope with our own issues. How can we ever be the light? How can we ever be the salt? If our, our tot glass, we're freaking out because of, of this thing and this thing and this thing. I have a cold and I'm freaking out. You know, I'm writing a test tomorrow and I'm freaking out. We, we don't even cope with our own issues. How can we ever be the light? How can we ever be the salt? And I'm not saying that freaking out about your own issues is wrong. I freak out a lot, Oscar Andre. My husband, you see, he practices on me. He practices at home, praying for his wife. When he comes to church, he's, he's equipped. <laughs> because he's prayed so many times for me when I freak out. We are all human. We all need Jesus. We just need to increase our capacity so that Jesus can't only come and just heal us and deliver us and encourage us. Yes, but we must be able to also overflow, overflow to others. Amen. Let's increase our capacity for the sake of others, our neighbors, our families, our work colleagues. There's so many people not coming to a church. You can only cope so far without a church community, without Jesus. Your money, your, your house, your car, your psychologist, your doctor will only help you to a point. Those, those things are awesome, you know, but it will never give you real answers to real issues. We need Jesus. Amen. Amen. I really felt when I, when I was preparing that some of you are battling spiritually. You're experiencing a desert season or a drought because of, of various reasons. And I just want to share that with you, if you could perhaps identify with that. I really felt that some of you are trying too hard in your own strength. You cannot make it rain, but you can ask for rain. And you can stand in the rain. Okay? This is all that we can do. We cannot make it rain. You cannot change yourself. You cannot fix yourself. 
That's God's job. Some of you are trying too hard in your own strength. Allow God to come and do it. Some of you have lost your passion for Jesus. There's times in your life that you can remember you were passionate about God. You were gunning for it, going for it. You've lost that for some reason. You've lost that. Your life, some of you, your life is simply too busy. Your life is simply too busy, which means your, your time with God is limited. You have your times with God, but it's really limited, which means you, you cannot stretch, you cannot expand, you cannot grow because the rain that falls on you is just little bits, little bit. You need more. You need more time. Some of you isolate yourself. And I really feel that there's some of you that there's, there's things actually overwhelming you, like darkness or sin or shame even. It is slowly but surely capturing your heart because you're isolating yourself. And isolation is interesting because sometimes it's not physical. It's not as if you're not coming to church anymore. But deep in your heart, you have withdrawn for some reason. God is calling you back. Do not isolate yourself. Come stand in the rain. You've given up on God's promises. There's some of you that's been waiting You've been asking and seeking and breaking up your fellow ground, but now it's been 30 years, or it's been 6 years, or it's been 12 years. And the rain is not coming. And you've become disillusioned. You've given up. You've given up. God, surely you've forgotten me. God wants to restore your hope. He wants to restore that this morning. And I I really trust God that he's going to rain on all of us this morning. He's going to rain on all of us. Amen.